You're listening to the Discriminology Podcast, the podcast that arms you with the knowledge and the tools to dismantle discrimination. With me, one of your hosts, Malik Silao. Welcome back to another episode of Discriminology with Malik, Sid, and Steve. Tonight, we will be talking about Black Panther and representation in comics and movies. In this episode, we'll be discussing the impact of Black Panther while paying tribute to the late Chadwick Boseman. We will also be discussing the overall importance of diverse representation in superhero storylines and comics. Helping us discuss this topic today is Noah Kramer. Noah is the founder and president of Backroom Comics, a company dedicated to telling inclusive stories representing all gender, sexuality, and racial groups. His company was a virtual presenter at FIT's DiversityCon. He is currently a third-year student in FIT's illustration program. Welcome, Noah. Hi. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, it's great to have you on. Uh, we wanted to focus tonight and uh, really kind of get into uh, how you started your comic book company and why inclusivity was so important to you guys, and especially on the, the heels of, of the Black Panther and, and uh, such an amazingly successful um, run that they had there. So I guess really what motivated uh, you and your collaborators to focus on inclusive characters? We, f- we focus on inclusive characters um, because there's severe under-representation in terms of original um, ethnic superheroes. You-, you start to think about all the superheroes that you normally think of. You realize that there are only a handful of them that are like their own wholly original creations, and the rest of them are usually stand-ins for white characters or previously white characters some of them are i mean it's not that all of them are bad it's just that they're always in the shadow of a white person there's like you start thinking of how many um latinx characters you could name off the top of your head and then for me who's someone who i'd say is well versed in comic book lore and all that um it gets pretty hard to like think of past like five off the top of my head so mm. yeah like there's a, like a severe just under representation for a variety of ethnic groups in general no do you mind if i ask you a quick question about um filling characters that were previously white and then became ethnic in some regard sure so at the end of endgame um there's a scene that from the way i i saw it it seems like Captain America will now be a, a black man. Yeah. Something like that. That one example, I agree with having standalone stories, but I think an example like that where Captain America is, I mean, it's literally, it's in the name. It's Captain America. The fact that that can be represented by a black man is pretty powerful to me, but do you still feel like a, an example like that is still a, a disservice? The legacy character format was really popular in the last 10 years in um in marvel at least and dc's now starting to do that but the legacy characters are form of were formed in like the all new all different relaunch of the marvel world so there's like a ton of 
ethnically diverse or uh, female characters that took over the mantle for a lot of the the, the white male characters. There's a uh, example like like the Captain America Sam Wilson story arc, which is what they're gonna do in the movies. It looks like again, like these aren't bad characters and they're not bad storylines for the most part. There, it, it. I just feel that the characters that they're create that they've shoved into those roles will always be in the shadow of the original character. Yeah, you know? yeah that makes sense. There was a James Foster Thor story, which was also very good. But, you know, you, you think Thor, you don't think of Jane Foster Thor, you think of, you know, Chris Hemsworth. You think Spider-Man, you think Peter Parker, like intrinsically, you don't think of Miles Morales. You have to specifically say Miles Morales to think of, spy- of that specific character even though they're both called Spider-Man. Hard to, like, say whether or not it's, like, a bad thing. Because on, on one hand, it's it's cool. Like, it's cool to see other people filling in these roles. Right. But on the other hand, like, they'll never outshine the original. Yeah, there's nothing like the original. That segues us right into Black Panther, because he was really the first Black superhero, right? Yes, he was. He was created in the late 60s to be a response to the Civil Rights movement from marvel because um uh, stan lee famously said that um the marvel universe is an extension of the world around us during that time obviously uh there was a big outcry for for like a black character really well not big outcry but like they they felt they needed to do it so they did it with um with incredible finesse black panther is like so highly regarded he's such like an important character in the marvel universe that it's really incredible and there's nothing really like him anywhere else you know was black panther at all affiliated with the black panther party uh not that anyone explicitly has stated although they did come out around the same time like within a few months of each other so if it wasn't directly responsible i do feel there was at least some influence in there that's at least logical his name is black panther (laughs) <laughs> yeah you 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 think if it's like within five months of each other <laughs> they one was gonna end up being inspired by the other more or less obviously during the 1960s there was a tremendous amount of civil unrest did marvel receive any backlash for creating a black character during this time oh yeah they're always facing some backlash because they're the more progressive out of the big two you know, Marvel and DC, you know, they're always facing some sort of controversy because of one of their characters. They recently, within the past 10 or 20 years, um, when the new Miss Marvel came out during this all new, all different period, Kamala Khan, the the, the new Miss Marvel is Middle Eastern. So the, a lot of racist people wrote it or called into Marvel, like really angry about it they're always facing some sort of backlash about ethnic characters in comics. Is Marvel a public company? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think so. Well, the only reason I'm asking is because if, if they do have shareholders, it, it's, it's even more powerful that they uh, are willing to take on this backlash for ethnic characters. Right. They, they must be. I don't think that they're... We could fact check that, but I would assume they are. But I was just curious. I have a question for everyone now, not just posted to Noah. 
when the movie came out, it, there was there was a big uproar. It was very touching and powerful for a lot of people. So I, I guess I just want to ask about everyone's initial experience with the movie and, and how it made them feel. Uh, yeah, so uh, from a female standpoint, um, one of the things I really loved about uh, Black Panther was the representation of the women in that film. I think that um, that the writers, producers, directors uh, did a really, really a powerful job of of representing um, Black women in particular in such a, a strong and courageous and revolutionized way. Um, obviously, from one aspect of the of you know of the women in the movie um, portraying characters that are you know traditionally uh, p- uh, played by men, you know the strong, um, powerful. Um, you know, brave fighters and warriors and, you know, and seeing women, those women in these fight scenes and doing all those things that are, you know, played by, portrayed by men was amazing. But I also really liked, um, I really, really loved that the women in this film, Lupita's character, all the women in this film um, uh, had little or no hair. And uh, I know that uh, by black women, you know, can, can relate to this, that that was such a powerful um message and a, a powerful symbol uh that was portrayed in this movie and i know that black girls all over the world who saw that um because you know black women our hair and our and I, in this culture is such um a symbolic uh uh thing um as far as standards of beauty go and and the way that um our hair is perceived and portrayed in films and and in hollywood traditionally and historically and the fact that you know that that look um, aesthetically was never pleasing. It was not acceptable. It wasn't beautiful. And so, um, the fact that these women in this, in this film, you know, have no hair, uh, myself being a a female who also cut her hair off and like has gone through that whole personal journey with her hair and and all of that and loving it, you know, et cetera, seeing that in a film, um, and it not even being explained or touched on, it was just, it was just made so normalized. It was just, it was just what it was. And I loved that because I know that little black girls, all over who saw that um, saw that that standard of beauty being shifted in a very revolutionized way, and I and I loved it. Yeah, I, I definitely noticed how the women were portrayed in uh, Black Panther too. I, I, you, you covered everything. I, th- I think the the directors and, and casters did a tremendous job in properly representing Black female characters in in a non stereotypical way. I thought they also did a great job with just the whole storyline of. Wakanda being this super advanced civilization, um, you know, Africa in general has a single story of either being wild grasslands or populated by impoverished people. And that's just not the case. You know, you can fit most of the Western world within inside the continent of Africa. Like there's a lot of cities and, and a lot of different experiences that encompass that whole continent. So it was great to see it represented in a super intelligent, advanced, progressive civilization. Um, that, that was kind of the biggest takeaway for me. My first exposure to Black Panther was not through the movies. It was through the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes cartoon when I was a kid. And um, the, the first time I saw Black Panther in the show, it was really like a powerful moment for me. Even though I'm not, um, even though I'm not Black, I'm still darker skin so it was really powerful to see a character that that could stand like with captain america and iron man and thor and all of them like but you know they're not 
they're not white. <laughs> they're not like a white man. It was never really on my radar. The fa- like the fact that like race was or like representation like, when I was a kid was that that important. Like once I saw him being the badass he was, you know, on the show, it was really, it was just really cool, and it made me feel included in a way. Noah, since you're better versed on you know, comic lore in general. Were there any variations between how Black Panther is portrayed in the comics as opposed to how he was portrayed in the movies? Yeah, um, he's a lot smarter. He's, like, that's one of his, like, defining traits is his intelligence. He's one of, like, the top 10 smartest people in the, in, like, the universe, in, like, the Marvel universe. So he's he's not portrayed that, like, as smart as he uh, normally is. Which I'm I'm okay with because um, even even though it's not uh, you know like comic accurate like it, they they made um they made the adjustment they made the change to make Shuri the hyper intelligent person I mean the hyper intelligent person out of this highly advanced civilization it's right. not like anyone's dumb you know so I I guess my only issue with that is you know it doesn't have to just be one hyper intelligent they could have both been hyper intelligent it would have been fine you know. I don't, I don't, I don't see why there's any pressure to, yeah, attribute that to one single character. Yeah, it, it was weird. I mean, I guess it to make T'Challa maybe a bit more vulnerable, have like some flaw because in in the comics he's almost perfect <laughs> as a as like a superhero. He's like he's super strong. He's he has like this invulnerable suit. He has um hyper intelligence they I, I think they decided like they need to like like depower him in some way and they gave shuri uh the intelligence uh attribute uh i think play off the the rise in stem the rise of women in stem yeah and i feel like that's that i mean like it, it's good it's it's fine I, I don't have a problem with that at all oh that's a good point that's a good point too i didn't even think of it like that um so i'm glad you you explained it not just um black panther the character but the fact that he was played by chadwick do you feel like there's any significance in him playing that role and do you feel like it'll be recasted by anyone else or i think they've gone on record now saying that they're not going to recast for the next movie whether or not they should i i i'm on the camp that they should wait a while and then recast him uh because t'challa's too important of a character to just not have in their universe you know that's my concern too like i i fully empathize with not wanting to recast because he did such a good job and you know that's that's his legacy but at the same time i wouldn't want the marvel series to go on without t'challa and black panther either it's i mean it's a it's a shame that they had to take one either way people are gonna get mad about what they did yeah there's no correct situation. I mean, there's no correct, I guess, response to the the issue. Yeah. That's why I feel like they should have just put the movie on indefinite hold, the second one on indefinite hold, until like they could figure out a way to ease people into the recasting. Right. But I mean, the like Chadwick, I mean, he was so he was so good in that role, man. But like um yeah. his his um his filmography, like the like he's been playing like very notable like black people uh throughout history and and now he plays the first black superhero there ever was and it's like this this man had a monumental career it's it's really astounding 
yeah, it's going to suck if they, you know, recast someone who's not as good or if they um, just don't have another Black Panther. But I, I do feel that the recasting uh, argument should be, be kind of shelved for now for like a couple years and then get brought up back again. Yeah, just give it a little bit of time and give everyone a chance to, to heal, I guess, right? Yeah. I mean, if they want to go full circle, they could um, wait a few years and then recast him and introduce him in the new Fantastic Four movie, which would be kind of poetic in a sense that Black Panther got introduced in Fantastic Four in the comics. And, you know, that that's that, that would be my way of going about it, but whatever. Well, you you have a you have a solid opinion writing comics yourself, so I would I would um yeah. I would be inclined to agree with you. Did you have anything to add to that, Mr. Kramer? I know that you know from just from being at school, from all of my students' reaction to it coming out. I mean, it was it was really just just amazing, and the uh, the places where where people went to see the movie, you know, people went into the city to see it. They went into into Harlem to see the movie. You know, they almost like making like pilgrimages um, to be together. The Black Panthers, were, the the Black Panther group, was actually at the Black Panther up in Harlem, um, at the uh, Magic Johnson uh, AMC up in Harlem, actually. Uh, so it it was incredibly impactful, I think, just just from looking around. And I'm sure we all remember that that viral video of that Ron Clark Academy when those students found out that the whole school was going to go see it. I mean, you guys see that video? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Those those kids, I mean, that was pure elation. You know, it was, and it was, uh, it was, it was a pretty powerful moment. And then, of course, you know, kids were coming into school wearing dashikis, and it was, uh, it was really kind of an empowering moment, I thought, to, to watch. It was one of those proud-to-be-black moments. Right. And, and I think that, you know, the more normal experiences that that any marginalized group has the the more powerful that community gets so i think that's one of the reasons that representation is so important you know today we're focusing on black panther but representation in all media is i think very important for everybody this movie in particular was was really astounding you know i i just thought uh just watching reactions was was really incredible. And I think and I think what made it so beautiful was that like it was like we could us as adults, you know, we we saw the joy and elation mm. in all these kids faces and like they might not even at you know fully like fully understand why this was so but like you could see that it was just something just something something about this movie just like like it just fostered joy and like you know and and that reaction out of out of young kids like they you know like without even though they might not completely understand everything behind the context behind it like fully it was just so nice to see like you could tell they they still felt that they knew but didn't know but knew to that same point mr kramer regarding representation other than black panther i can't think of any other now no correct me if i'm wrong because again you're, you're a lot better versed than than i am but i can't think of any other instances in these movies where there's more than one black character present at a time, like black hero present at a time. I feel like it's always one token black superhero. Totally agree. In the Marvel movies specifically, there's like a few scenes of Rhodey and Sam Wilson in the same room. The two black psychic characters to the to the main characters interacted like once or twice in the movies. You know, I, I, there's in terms of like like black character like superhero movie characters like there's 
not there's not a not a lot. There's like Blade and yeah. Yeah, and and I guess that's I guess that's the whole point I'm making because we're talking about how not that I want to damper the moment at all, but we're talking about how powerful the Black Panther movie was for the black community. And it was, and it is. Um, and I felt the same way about it. Like I went to go see the movie four times in person. Like I, I really enjoyed it, but it being such a big deal is a problem in and of itself. It shouldn't be monumental that we have a black, you know what I mean? You know what I'm getting at, right? Like, it's just, it should be a lot more normalized to have black superheroes. Yeah. that That's, that's like, um, go like going back to like why I started this, like started backroom is like, that's kind of the point is to like normalize, seeing these char- these kinds of characters in in these books so it's not like it's not like a whoa you have a you have a mexican superhero that's crazy you know like it it shouldn't be that yeah exactly it shouldn't be that way like you could name 50 white superheroes but like you can't name like 10 asian superheroes you know it's strange no are there any are there any prominent superheroes that belong to the lgbtq community yeah, there's Iceman in the X Men. He's gay. There's um. So we got one. So okay, so yeah, that you see my you see my point. Uh, man, what 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 other? I I I think uh Star Lord is Pan in the comics. I'm really I'm really having a tough time thinking about it. Yeah. I guess we keep going back to the whole mission statement of your company this is this is the issue in and of itself yeah so like yeah because for for having like ethnic superheroes i mean there's there's been ethnic superheroes for a while it's just that like they haven't like rose to that kind of like popularity unless they're like you know part of a team part of a superhero team and like none of them are just standalone like spider-man like they're all they're always you know like part of a different team to be like recognized by the general public. I don't know why that is, but so how do you feel about someone like Luke Cage? Um, Luke Cage is is a black character that well, Black Panther was was African, but Luke Cage is is more so immersed in the American black community. I guess talk a little bit about him and and his impact or black. What's your opinion on Luke Cage? I love Luke Cage. He's 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 amazing. Um, his his rise as a as Power Man in the in the comics was during the seventies when they it was like a a black exploitation type uh, character where um, he's a bit more stereotypical than Black Panther was. You know, he's um, from the streets. You know, he he's like a street level hero. So um, he dealt with a lot of like gangsters and like stuff like that. Like he's he's really cool. Um, he's also very um, is that a double-edged sword, though, as far as representation? Because it, it's cool that he represents... It, it's not like it doesn't happen. Like, it's cool that that's seen. But at the same time, like, Black people are always battling stereotypes. And, and for communities that don't have ample experience with Black people, they're depending on how we're portrayed in the media. So if if that's what they're seeing, like, that that's... Exactly. ...going to be the accurate image and, and thoughts they other communities have about Black people. So... Yeah, like I, I don't I don't think that um it's entirely helpful, but I also don't think it's entirely like a negative because like on the one hand, like you have like this prominent black superhero who's like a member of the Avengers sometimes and like he's 
he's, he's, a, he's like a very respected character in the Marvel universe, but like he's, whether it be like a little stereotypical, um, his power set is very inf- influenced, I guess, because he's a, he's a bulletproof black man. And especially in uh, like 2020, that was a big, powerful thing, you know, with the uh, Black Lives Matter movement uh, coming to prominence again. And like I, I feel like Luke Cage has his place, especially with the with the Netflix show that uh, came out uh, a few years ago. He was he was handled very well. Like I, I don't think that um I, I think it's it's a very um good piece of representation uh, for the black community because like um they filmed it in, in Harlem, you know. So I think uh, I think that point that that Noah made is is really important for Luke Cage is that. It's it's his black skin that makes him makes him a superhero. Yeah, bulletproof. You know, it's it's his. You know, instead of it being, you know, something that that obviously, you know, it puts a target on his back. It's also the thing that protects him. So I think that that twist on it is is really good. And I do believe that the Netflix show did a really good job of handling Harlem and the Harlem Renaissance and and uh, the people that live there. I thought it was very. A real good representation. Yeah, like um, Luke Cage, Luke Cage, um, his costume in the Luke Cage series on Netflix was directly inspired by uh, Trayvon Martin because uh, Luke Cage is always wearing like a hoodie, and uh, he's doing all of his superhero work like in a hoodie, which uh, the 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 showrunner or um, the costume designer, I forgot who, um, said that it was very important for him to wear that instead of his usual comic book costume because um, because of uh, Trevor Martin, he got shot down for just simply existing on the street wearing a hoodie. I, I, I think, I think the Luke Cage series on Netflix specifically handled this, uh, like this movement very well and is very relevant. Is it still available on Netflix to watch? Yeah. Cool. So we can, we can promote that a little bit. Because we always try to, yeah. <laughs> yeah go watch Luke Cage. Yeah, go watch some Luke Cage. <laughs> no, that's cool. But are there any other prominent black superheroes that we're forgetting? I, I know when I was a kid, I, I really enjoyed watching Static Shock. Um, I mean, Storm from the X Men. Uh, like she she was um one of the first like really big black women superheroes. Um, Black Lightning. Not familiar with um, Black Lightning. Uh, Black Lightning. He had like a show on the CW, I think. Is it still going? I thought it got canceled. It's still going. I believe so. I believe it's still uh, it's still going. And Storm Storm was married to Black Panther for a while in the comics, right? Now, <laughs> yeah, they they were. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was really cool. But then they broke it up for some weird storyline that no one remembered. It's um what I didn't know um until we were doing research uh for this episode is that like when I saw Black Panther I thought Black Panther was a was a newly established thing. I didn't know Black Panther was in the comics for years. You know what I mean? I I guess that's uh is that the general norm for all comics is is that they they run in the comics for years and years and then they're portrayed in the movies? Yeah, I mean uh usually it's when when a comic book character gets adapted into a movie, it's been about like maybe f- at, at the very least five years, but like at the most, it, you know, it's 
like Superman was in the 30s and he got his movie in the 70s. Black Panther is, I mean, late 60s and he got his movie in 2018. Because, I mean, superhero movies weren't, like, very popular like they are now uh, before the 2000s. And even in the 2000s, a lot of them were pretty bad. So it wasn't like they they had any help there. Aside from, like, the uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies and the X-Men movies. With, with the sudden boom that the Marvel uh, universe had, uh, like, starting in 2008, a lot more characters are getting adapted to the screen that, like, no one heard of prior to, you know, before they were announced. There's a there's a movie coming out this year from Marvel. It's uh, Shang-Chi. And uh, I guarantee no one, <laughs> no one before, like, 2018 is heard of uh, Shang-Chi even though he's been in the comics for a while. Yeah, I've I've never heard of it. I've never heard of it either. Yeah, like no no one no one knows of these characters. No, obviously your your company's doing a great job of um, you know, increasing diversity and, and representation in comics and superheroes. I guess as a consumer, how can we continue to push and hold the Marvels and the DCs of the world accountable to you know, move forward with that representation? Support ethnic uh, creatives, uh, creators. They've they've been pretty good about hiring um, more ethnic and uh, LGBT and uh, uh, creators to write comics and illustrate comics uh, in the past decade. But um, I'd say just support them. Uh, support the characters that you specifically want to see. Like if you love uh, Black Panther uh, in the movies, like go read a Black Panther book like it's it's kind of that simple (laughs) great place to start with that is um your company so you obviously as we were talking about have diverse representation who is your main superhero in your comic line uh we we are doing a kickstarter currently and it's about uh this character named the centurion he's um the centurion is a standard uh paragon superhero like superman but he struggles with the fact that he, his secret identity and his superhero persona, he sees them as two separate people, like in his mind. So uh, Corbin, his his uh, like the re- the regular persona, sees himself and the Centurion as two separate people, even though they can do the same things. But um, it's like a mental block he needs to overcome. So whenever he does superhero stuff like whenever he's like lifting buildings stopping trains or uh defeating a super villain he has to give into this other persona who is the idealized version of what a superhero is supposed to be through like a like a child's perspective so he's kind of like ill-equipped to handle the moral ambiguity of the real world and what demographic group does the centurion belong to uh centurion is a a uh, black man. He is a black superhero. Since neither me or the other people that are making the book are black, we don't like delve into like those kind of issues because we have a story we want to tell, but we don't think it's inherently uh, relevant to the character, and we don't feel that you know. Obviously, we won't do it as justice. I think I, I actually do like because again, we just we made we got we just made a point about normalizing. Um, normalizing these 
characters on screen and, and, and not making it such a shock value um, that they are on screen and also not making it an opportunity for, you know, for, for black, bl- the black character to have to go through that experience of, of portraying that stereotype. Like we, we, I actually really do like that you all are focusing, are making this character and focusing on building this character's storyline, this character's behaviors, whatever, what have you, right. characteristics, um, um, in a very organic way, and that he just also happens to be a black man. I actually really like that, and I really appreciate that um, while him being a black superhero in itself will touch on all of these issues and will shed light on all of these issues that we talked about in this podcast episode, um, while it's doing all of those things, I do like that you all are focusing on just building, the creating the superhero who just happens to also be black. I, like, I actually really do like that. <laughs> Thank you. I was literally going to say the same thing. Like he is a black superhero. He's not the black superhero. So it's not like he has to go and take on systemic racism. Like he can be like any other superhero. He just happens to be black. So I, I, I think you're doing the right thing in, in that regard. Yeah. Like, uh, thank you. Um, we, we keep tossing around like this phrase um, that like, we've kind of moved past the point of being groundbreaking. So we, as like a culture, like a comic book culture, we've moved past the point of ethnic superheroes being groundbreaking. So we need to start like expanding this, uh, expanding the, the pool of, uh, ethnic characters. I'm not going to write, uh, the, I'm not going to write a black superhero and deal with like issues. Cause I'm not black, you know, like I can't do, I can't do those issues justice. Like, it's not that I'm inherently against writing that, but I need feedback to help me, get through it you, you, when you have when you have stories you want to tell like you just gotta tell them there the centurion came about we were just coming up with this idea right and we had to design the character and when i heard the name like the centurion and i thought like a character to go along this is just how he looked in my head i didn't really pay much attention to the fact that he was black but it just kind of happened to sydney's point that's probably the best way to go about it because yeah, a lot of black characters and shows, um, like you were talking about black lighting before, um, and and that television show, social issues are, are are tackled, and it almost reinforces the the mandate the mandate that happens in real life, where systemic racism and social issues and and everything in those regards are always on the weight of black people. I think that sentiment carries over into well, not carries over, but I think that's reflected in the comic world. Whereas that those issues are, uh, they're communal issues. It's not, it doesn't belong to just one group. Like systemic racism is an issue that everyone needs to tackle. Yeah, I'm I'm agreeing with how you're going about it. Right, and to the point, and even with other, because again, you all, your your company focuses on representation in all, um, all of these social uh, um, categories, sexuality, gender, uh, et cetera. And so, um like like anything else, like race, you know, that the fact that these superheroes, you know, a superhero may also happen to be gay or may also happen to be pansexual or may ha- also happen to be uh, a lesbian black woman, you know, whatever it is like that, you know, the, the normalizing these these characters or, or, or making making their character the forefront instead of whatever whatever other race, gender, sexuality, whatever, instead of that being the forefront, I think is important. And that, you know, again, we 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 break this cycle of, of it being groundbreaking because at the end of the day in 2021, um, these things should not be groundbreaking. It should not be such a shock uh, to see these, these groups being represented on screen and in media and in the comics. So um, 
I, I really I'm, I'm excited for you all, uh, Noah. We should put the Centurion on our, our our reading list. Yeah, I like that idea. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. So Noah, um, before we head out, do you have a, a website to drive people to, or like an Instagram page that we can drop so our listeners can go check out more about the Centurion? Yeah, um, go to backroomcomics.com. There's a short little uh, pre. Uh, there's like a origin issue that we have on there for free. It's like a little seven page uh, thing about it, like what made him the Centurion. Pretty fun. Follow us on Backroom Comics, uh, Backroom underscore Comics on uh, Instagram. We'll post backroom comments on our Instagram so our listeners can easily go uh, check out that page. Um, but it's cool, but it's cool stuff, and and it's um it's very commendable that you saw an issue like you, you're passionate about comics. You saw an issue within that that realm, and you decided to take it upon yourself to do something about it. So uh, I think I speak for all of us when we say everyone here at Discriminology respects that. One hundred and ten percent. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, we'd like to thank Noah Kramer for being on with us, uh, talking about representation in comics. And uh, we're really looking forward to seeing what his company can produce. And uh, obviously, we're all looking forward to what's going to happen with Black Panther. And I think it was a great discussion about uh, about the community and, and uh, you know, being able to see yourselves in, in lights that you're not often able to see yourself. So. I think that this is a really important important part of our growth. Yeah, thank, thanks a lot, Noah. You did, you did a great job today. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much, Noah, um, for chit-chatting with us today. Uh, I really appreciate it. This, this is awesome. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's glad to be here. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Don't feel bad, Noah. Neither do we. Thank you for listening to the Discriminology Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and to follow us on Instagram at Discriminology underscore podcast or on Facebook at Discriminology 3. Until next time, peace.